Sessionable. Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to Sessionable uh, for another Sydney Beer Week live episode at the Royal Albert Hotel. Adrian's bringing out the first beers. Um, we're doing something a bit differently this time. It's a mixed one, so uh, you get what you're given, I'm pretty sure. Um, but they're all, they're all from Filter, and um, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, thanks, everyone, for coming out. Uh, it's a beautiful night here in the open-air courtyard at the Albert, uh, which is really cool. It's only just been like this for a few weeks, right? A week, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, as always, I'm joined by Liam. Hey, guys. How you going? And Brad. Hey, how you doing, everyone? Adrian's running around. Uh, I'm Tom, and we've got two awesome guests uh, with us uh, for the show tonight, um, so we should probably introduce them. So, with the glorious glowing red beard down the down the end there, we have <laughs> Mr. Chris Cohen. How you going? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then a not so glorious beard, but glorious just the same. We have Sam from Filter. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, guys, how's everyone's beer week going so far? What are we day three, four? I've lost count. Yeah, I, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should know. Yeah. <laughs> day four. It's day four. Day, day four. four thank yeah. you. Yeah. How are we feeling? I think Chris yeah. should answer that first. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just had, had a conversation I've, about the Aussies doing a bit of a number on him. Yeah, I've had three big nights in a row, I think. Yeah, figure I've got another four or five to go. Sounds like you're doing beer we eat right anyway. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> and Sam, what have you been up to so far? Uh, the gala, Friday yeah. night, which was awesome, and it didn't piss down with rain like it did last yeah. year. So my that Russian, was, my that Russian was weather awesome. machine kicked in this year. It was yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. It, looked, it looked like it was getting pretty close, though. Uh, yeah. 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 It, uh, it was just waiting for the check to clear, and then it, then it went good from there. And then Saturday was the um, food truck and uh, beer event down in um, at Precinct 75. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyone, anyone get along to that? That one was fun. No, it, well, you missed out. Yeah. It was great. No, it was a really good, really good festival. The sun was shining. Um, and loads of beer. I think every, pretty much every vendor, there were 10 brewers there of the Inner West Brewers Association. We all ran out of beer right at the end. Most oh, of yeah. us were right at the end. Yeah, so it was really good. Great day. Perfect. I think I heard it was about 2,500 people rocked up to that. Yeah, so yeah it was packed. Yeah. 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 It was packed. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What about you guys? What have you been doing? Um, alternating between drinking and nursing hangovers, mostly. Um, so beer week. Yeah, yeah. beer week, yeah. yeah. Um, and then just also just working, but, you know, it's yeah. it's fun, yeah. Brandon, I did. I've been to a few uh, state of brews venues. I did the uh, the Empire for the Tassie beers on yeah. Friday night. Uh, we went to uh, the Forest Lodge Hotel for South Australia, and we did Queensland at the Welcome Hotel as well. So cool. went to a few venues there, and we did the Staves Cask Beer event on Saturday How afternoon as well. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Always always good. We've been for the last few years in a row now, so yeah, it's it's nice to get some uh, some cask beers. It's a bit of a treat. Yeah. So I think like day four is. The pain starts to hit in a little bit. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but mm-hmm. yeah, getting up this morning was wasn't the easiest. But um, you know, we've we got a long way to go. I think you need to drink. Some of us, in are, the day. some of us are a bit better trained. What are you saying, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> My tip is drink see earlier in the day. You young kids of today, hey? No. See you in a couple of days. See how you go. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I'll be done by Wednesday. That'll be, <laughs> it'll be me peaking. <laughs> so, guys, um, I think. Chris, I think you'll be a good place to start because you've literally been in Australia for the first time for four days now. Yeah, day so four. you flew straight in and came to the gala. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you found Sydney so far? It's beautiful, lovely people, um, solid beer, a lot of fun events. I keep ending up at the same places, running into the same people. So it's like <laughs> a great, you know, small scene, which is really great, you know, fun. Um, 
Yeah, it's a beautiful city. It does remind me of San Francisco, you know, yeah. being on a bay. And uh, I've been doing a little bit of touristy stuff on the side, uh, apart from all the beer stuff. So I got to see some of the city. Looking forward to doing more of that. Yeah, it's been great. My cool. first time here. So, yeah. So I guess because um, I won't make you tell your story too much, but... Uh, Chris is here. Uh, I can a, talk about myself. All Chris is here as a bit of a special guest for Beer Week because um, Chris has done some pretty cool stuff. So Chris runs um, uh, an awesome craft beer bar in San Francisco called Old, Old Devil Moon. Old Devil Moon, yeah. Um, how long have you guys been going on for? Just had our two year anniversary yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And what else have you done? You've been pretty busy in the San Fran beer scene. Yeah, so I founded the San Francisco Homebrewers Guild, which is the main homebrew club there. Um, how long ago was that? That was 2012. Okay. Um, still going strong. We host uh, one of the oldest um, homebrew competitions in the country, actually. It's we're 40th, 40th anniversary this year. Obviously, we inherited it because we're not that old, but that's kind of exciting. Um, then I, I started this little company called Beer Scholar, and I wrote the what are pretty much the main study guides on the market for the for the uh, first two levels of the Cicerone program, the certified beer server and Cicerone, certified Cicerone levels. And uh, and then I opened Old Devil Moon. Um, I'm an advanced Cicerone and a national BJCP judge as well. So, so you keep, keep pretty low, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I've gone, I've gone pro. I've gone pro on the beer stuff. Um, so... Um Chris is a guy I've been very keen to meet for a long time because anyone who's done the certified Cicerone exam, I can hand on heart say that I, the only reason I pass is because of your study guide. <laughs> so, well, I appreciate that. And I can, I can tell you there's probably quite a few people in Australia who can say the same thing as well. So yeah. it's, uh, well, thank you. it's yeah. awesome to have you out here, man. It's funny. I mean, I've, I've actually met a few people who uh, you know, I was introduced to, and then they said, are you Chris Cohen? Like, wow. I mean, that's crazy to me. <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm like famous in Australia or something. You are? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here. Yeah. And we also have another special guest who's running a little bit late, but please come <laughs> and join us. Sorry, I was stuck in the front bar. <laughs> <laughs> Had a beer first. Uh, I'm Reese from No Man Brewing Co. in Perth. So we're here as part of the WA Tap Takeover. Welcome, Reese. Thank you. And we're going to get stuck into one of your beers a little bit later, I think, as well, mate. I think it's the plan. Yeah. I think that, that's, uh, yeah, very soon. D- double IPA. Ooh. Oh, that's what I've got right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that a bit later in the show. Um, but um, we'll get to get to Sam now. I think um, now everyone here. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna assume for everyone, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna assume everyone here is probably knows Sam or at least has heard of Filter, um, which is the beer we're drinking at the moment. Um, some people got the IPA. Some people got the stout. I've got the lager. Um, the best people get the stout. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed Adrian brought the stout out to one. Two, <laughs> I'm not complaining. I love the lager, so it's uh, it's not a not a com- not a complaint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sam, what's yes. been going on with you? Oh, mate, busy, busy. So we're uh, filter filter brewing, um, 18 months old. Um, me and my two business partners, we're, we're based in the inner west, um, but at the moment I'm brewing out of Melbourne. So um, that is, uh, I spend a lot of time on planes, um, mm. backwards and forwards, and, and that's, a, that's a necessity for us at the moment. We've actually, we're, we're kind of at a stage now where we've, 
we've outgrown any of the smaller people we were, you know, at partnering with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, which is a great thing. It's a good thing to have, and and we'll be we'll be bringing on in the next six months our own brewery as well. But for for starters, we 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 chose to invest in in people and in our marketing quite. It confidently knowing that I can take care of whatever I need to do in any brewing facility that we have. So, so I very much I'm very involved with the the brewers that we uh, or the partners that we've got down in in Melbourne. Um, I fly down there a lot. I'm on the phone with them every day. I um, <clears throat> emails backwards and forwards, and and they um, you know I've helped them discover things about their brewery that they didn't know because the uh, the XPA that you'll see floating around is is quite a low gravity beer um, and low gravity beers and BU's bitterness units play a really different role uh, in breweries. Most breweries are used to about when you're talking about bitterness units the breweries are based on about a 5% beer whereas ours is 4.2 so the BU's don't come across as you would normally expect them to uh, from the normal calculation I'm getting nerdy but from the normal calculation of when you are actually calculating BU's so we've figured out that um, We've reconfigured their whole uh, utilisation process through their whirlpool. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. So is there a lot of trial batching to get it right to get to that point or is it just with your experience and doing it for different um, breweries you get a bit of a feel for how that's going to go? We, we knew, so the, so the XPA was the first beer we came out with. It's been my little baby and um, it's something I've been conjuring up in my head over, over about five years, something that's kind of... You know, you, you 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 add little things, and it's in your in your head, and it's kind of one of those little babies. Like you know, obviously, sorry, not before this, I was the head brewer at Young Henry's, so um, it was kind of one of those little secrets I wanted to keep for myself. It was something that that I was working on, and I, I thought one day, you know, maybe one day I'll get to 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 make this little baby, and um and I did, and so I kind of for five years or so just kept plugging away in my head about different hops, different um, styles, different usages, a different you know, different kind of grains that I wanted to use in there. The grains aren't overly spectacular, you know. Yeah. It's a pretty reasonable base malt in there. Um, our, our XPA speaks about um, about hops. Yeah. But hop flavour and aroma. So I guess to, to kind of get... I've diversed a bit, but back to your question, which was, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. No, um, but um, do you find that... Now, when you've had to go through a couple of different breweries, yeah, so, that, do you get a feel for what needs to get done, or is it really you have to couple, put a group through brews on before? No, you can... so what? So that's where I was with the with the XPA. I, I wanted to hit the ground running. Yeah. it's not a beer I've made before, but it's seen something that was so close to my heart for so long that I didn't want to fuck it up. Um, so, are we allowed to curse? Yeah, yes. we're allowed. Yeah, I made right. up. <laughs> I made up this story to my business partners um, that I had a friend down in Tasmania that has a three hundred liter brew house. Um, and Tassie is my home away from home. We've got a beautiful place down there, a few boats and lots of fishing rods. Awesome. So yeah, I, yeah. I told the boys it was super important that I had to go down to Tassie and, and <laughs> put a brew down on this pilot kit. And, uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, good idea, Sam, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we can joke about it now. No, 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 we did. We did. And it was actually really important because yeah. I, um, the, first, uh, the first round I did, um, talking about those BUs, so the business was off the chart. So I was only looking for about 30 BUs and what I ended up getting 
um, was probably about 45 to 50, which is not what I wanted for the XPA. So the first batch actually went down the drain. So that was really important to do that. Um, uh, and, yeah, so it was super important. With the lager, I was pretty confident. With the red, I was reasonably confident. But then I, it, summer came along and the IPA was coming out. And yeah. I thought I need another fishing trip down south. <laughs> so I went down, <laughs> went down and... Um, and uh, and used my friend's kit again um, to to create the IPA because I wanted the IPA to be special. It's it's an Aussie IPA, so don't don't think East Coast, don't think yeah. West Coast, don't think anywhere. All of all of our beers and our core beers are, are something that are somewhat hybrids of each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and we really like that. They're different. They're unique. Um, you know, they're, they're the beers that actually just kind of. I, I don't want them to be pigeonholed. Yeah. They're beers that should be able to speak for their own. So if people are like, oh, it's not bitter enough for that, it's not bitter enough, there is actually no no pigeonhole for any of our beers. They just are what you want them to be at that time. Awesome. Thank you. And um, I guess there's something to open up to the whole table, but um, is like an XBA or your XBA, there's a few out there that are, you know, all, you know, sort of around that same vein, I guess, without deriding what you're doing is that becoming the new quintessential like australian style of beer as in something crushable not too not too alcoholic good australian hop profile i think it's really important to have a sessionable beer so what i what i was kind of targeting and what what we, what, I, what we were looking for as a team was a beer that was smashable but had some really nice character and yeah. and uh and wasn't too boozy so you could go back you could take a six-pack to a barbecue and and sit down and you know drink Drink whatever or however many you want without thinking too much. You know, yeah, three yeah. beers over an hour and a half, happy days. Um, so it's it's really interesting with the XPAs because everyone's kind of what is an XPA? And it's like, well, until recently, um, BJCP and all of that, yeah. it hasn't really been defined. You've got black XPAs, you've got bloody XPAs that are 5.56%, you've got some that are all lower. There's never really been uh, a constructive space for the conversation of what an X- XPA is. Yeah. So, so I think now it is starting to come in a little bit more. But you look at like, you know, um, our XPA compared to Bolter's XPA, yeah. compared to another, they're completely, completely different beers. So, yeah. so I still think we're in a nice space. We're in a nice, um, you know, uh, space that um, can be explored rather than everything just be so tightly together. Like a pale is a pale is a pale is a pale. So this is another version of a pale, but it's a good, smashable, sessionable. And I probably put I put more hops in this than I've put in any pale ale. I think um, through through time, yeah. And well, I'm not, I guess, I'm not, sorry, I'm not just saying it because you're sitting next to me, but it's one of my favorite beers I've had since I've arrived here. Thanks, man. You've packed so much flavor into a very crushable, low ABV beer, and I I think that's a, a skill set that a lot of brewers don't have because everyone's going for the huge, over the top flavor and the big ABVs. Yeah, you're killing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you, man. I, really appreciate. I'll it. also say I really like the design on the cans. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah. This is a, this is a good one. We've been talking about this in the office lately. There's so many people. They're like, oh, I'm not trying the beer. I hate it. Blah blah blah. And there's some people that are like it's sick. But the thing <laughs> is, everyone's talking about yeah, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like nailed it. <laughs> so where where did the sort of where did that thought process? How did that come about? Because for me, it's a super seventies. Wide world of sports, cricket, yep. like that type of uh, a vibe is what I get from it, and it just—it looks like drinking beers in it the summer. It almost looks vintage, like. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so well, we, it's um, 
this is our little joke in our in our head, kind of. Um, it's a the XPA is a bit of a love child between Winnie Blue and Foster's kind of thing. <laughs> so, you know, and then you got your menthol over there <laughs> as the IPA. But no, really, what it about? What it was about for us was having fun, right? And we wanted to make sure we're having fun. We wanted that really that that quintessential Aussie larrikin character to come out in what we're doing. We wanted to make great, beautiful, unique beers, but we wanted to have some fun with it. And, uh, you know, and we just thought the design and the brand, it, it sticks out, it looks good, it's retro, it's, um, you know, seductively beer. Who's ever so – when, honestly, when we seductively beer first came out, I'm like, <laughs> what? Yeah. And I love it. It's my favourite part now. I've put yeah. it all over my car. Um, oh, I definitely had to look at that twice and be like, what the what Yeah, is going on it, is, it is very, very dividing, but it's it's kind of a really good divide and we have a good laugh in uh, in, in the office about that. So. Yeah, cool. But, yeah, it is about, it's about embracing the Aussie larrikin, about um, enjoying your beer, having a good time with your mates, whether you're beaching it or, you know, barbecue, whatever, sitting around like this. Awesome. Can Thank I ask you. you about your lager? Because for me, that's one of my favourite beers to smash on a sunny yeah. Aussie summer afternoon. So how did that come about? And what, what is it that makes that, that, that lager stand out about, around other lagers? I, I don't know. You'll have to tell me that one. Um, <laughs> but the, the lager, I think, I think, you know what, there's a really important place for lagers uh, in Australia. It's, yeah. what our, it's what our I nation find, is built on. I don't know if it's because I'm just getting old or what, but I find I'm, I'm wanting to drink more lagers yeah. these days. Yeah. I, know, maybe, I, I think it's – maybe I think there is some – we've got great lagers out there like yours at the moment. And maybe – I don't know what it is. Well, maybe because my palate – like I, I like to have some bigger beers, but I need something to go back on afterwards. Yeah. But yeah. Um, do you think it was just the right time to do a lager? Um, or were you, was it always going to happen? No, 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 no. We had a couple of, and I always sit down. The, the three of us always sit down and have a chat together about, hey, what do you, what do you think? You know, I've got, I'm really fortunate to work with a team that um, it has a really a great skill set in different areas. Um, so it's like, well, you know, from a marketing perspective, what do you think? From a brewing perspective, yeah. I can put a couple of things on the table and talk about it, and then you know, so different different angles and getting different appreciations, and then and then getting our friends to kind of having a chat with friends and stuff like that. So the lager, um, so it's a New World lager, for starters. I don't know if anyone out there is having some. Um, all Can Australian you explain what, what that means? Yeah, 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 for sure. New World, so all Australian ingredient. The New World part of it, when you're talking Old World and New World, you're generally talking about the ingredients and the style of brewing. So Old World would be typically with a lager, you'd be using German hops, Czech hops, you'd be using a nice base, uh, really clean, crisp. Lagers are probably, and I'm not saying that this is the best, but lagers, generally traditional lagers, are the hardest beers to brew because there's nowhere to hide behind them. There's no big funky hops to kind of hide in behind or big, you know, mouthy malts to, 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 to hide little secrets and is it a bit of diacetyl or is it just actually caramel malts and stuff like that. Lagers are bang. And, you, you know, you, when you get a good lager, when you're judging and you get a good lager... Even if it's not your style or whatever, you've just got to go, that's awesome because it's, it's such, a, such a hard style. There's nowhere to hide. There is nowhere to yeah. hide. But um, So I didn't brew that one. I brewed a New World lager and chucked yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Put it, no, New World. So what I've done is I've, I've used all Australian ingredients. We've got some amazing uh, n- um, you know, natural um, um, ingredients down here. Our hops, Tassie hops, are amazing. So all Tassie hops, um, all Australian malts. Uh, the yeast, German, but don't worry, we can't get it here unless it's going to be a funky one. And then what I've done is just slightly tickled it up with a little bit of dry hopping. So not over the top, not too much, but to give that nice, unique, because our beers are about flavour and aroma. 
Okay. Um, the BUs are, what do we got? BUs are 35 on this, so it matches that nice, clean, crisp kind of character. Dries out really nicely. Um, and and that's, um, that, I wanted to make it, the question you, you, were, you had was, you know, what is special about our lager? I wanted to make a lager that wasn't just a boring lager. I wanted to make it as a, a little bit of a, a smasher, yeah, as you said, yeah, something yeah. to go back on, but also something that people could come forward on. So a gateway beer, perhaps, yep. you know, um, yep. something that people might not have tried. And, and, and yeah, honestly, the Inner West Footy Festival, a lager smashed out the door. Yeah. It was great. So it's a really great beer to, to kind of educate people on of, you know. A lot of the big craft brewers in the U.S. are, are doing lagers now. And I, I think it, it really is part of the mainstreaming of craft beer. You know, this isn't r- really a little club anymore uh, where everyone's just drinking double IPAs. I mean everybody's into it why not give the masses a crushable beer that's familiar and yeah maybe it's a bit of a gateway to uh bigger stuff but really i mean you know like you were saying liam you can't drink ipas all the time no nah, you, nah. you can try but it's not yeah well you know no, but I, people, I'm, 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 I'm saying people have I'm, palate shift I'm, I'm, you know you, you you know for for one year maybe you're you're all about the ipas another year you're you're all of a sudden you're loving the sours but you're always going to want that that light lager to, yeah. to go back on when it's a hot day and you're you're barbecuing. I think there's something nice about a beer that, like, that tastes like beer. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just yeah. like that's the because because look and and like no I know everyone knows like like I love IPAs I love sours I love all that but like this it tastes like beer it tastes like it's what familiar. you think of when you yeah. just think of beer it's what you go for yeah, yeah. and that's there's something to be said funny about. I mean I have one of the I I own one of the best craft beer bars in San Francisco and I just. You know, I, I'm moving half barrels of Pilsner all week long. I mean, it's it doesn't matter how good your list is. People want to drink good lagers. Yeah. And I think I'll, sorry, I'll just end the lager discussion unless anyone's got anything else. Yeah. I got heaps to talk about lager. Sweet, grab the mic. She will late, so shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say as well, I think what, what I really appreciate about, appreciate about lagers is we for so long, lagers have been a dirty word and they've been, you know, like, because all the lagers that have been on the market have been pretty ordinary and rubbish. It's really fun to see good lagers, like lagers that you can appreciate for the for the aroma, for the hops, for the the flavour, but still be a lager from start to finish. I think the just on that, sorry, just quickly, the biggest challenge we find is the price point on our lager. I was going to yeah, ask, does it definitely. need to stay longer in the tanks and how does that work? No, 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 just own? because people coming across to beer that aren't necessarily accustomed to paying what we pay for a case of beer or something like that, balk a little bit at the price. Yeah. You're directly you can, competing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, when you, when the you look at old mate, the cores and yeah, the, yeah. old mate next door that's selling a case for 45 bucks. Yeah, Sorry, if you're pushing out a pint of lager for 11 bucks, it's like people look and they walk away. Right. Well, no, I've definitely had some people tell me, uh, you know, oh, the the craft beer lagers are a little more bitter than I prefer, you know, for a very mainstream drinker. So, yeah. Yeah. But you're doing something special with this. I mean, it, it really it really is. It's got more going on than than your Coors Bud Miller type type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's got yeah, a lot sure. more flavor. And and frankly, so does, you know, a, an old school German Pilsner it has a lot more going on than those beers. So, yeah. Yeah, we punch out an old school German Pilsner, um, so the exact opposite of your beer. Yep. Um, and we we're on to whatever batch we're on to now. Uh, Fifteen months into production, it's our biggest seller by far at the brew house. Um, oddly enough, since we launched an XPA, that's now nipping at it. Oh. <laughs> um, but 
that lager, we just pulled the filtration from it. So we're leaving it in tank minimum six weeks. We're running it through a stupidly expensive filter. Since we've done that, it's still clear as day because the time we dedicate it to tank, which does impact price because it holds everything else up that we need to make. Um, But we find that aroma has increased and everything's gone nuts and we've lost a few tap points. It's odd. People really like... From price point? No, from um, stopping filtering it and now it's got more flavour. Ah. It's uh, it's the opposite. That old chestnut. Oh, your lager's got too much flavour now. Um, But no, we've gotten them back. It's... It's a fun market to play in and one where definitely people pick differences in batches a lot more than any other beer. Hmm. Um, well, you can really yeah, taste it. Good. You can really tell you mm-hmm. know, yeah. if there's a difference in yeah. a beer like that, you know, like, like Sam was saying, nothing to hide behind. Yep. yep. All right, so, uh, um, Reese, uh, you're from um, Nowhere Man uh, Brewery? Yes. Um, in Perth, yeah? Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about Nowhere Man and what you guys do and how long you've been doing it and... Uh, a bit about yourself and... Yep, uh, we're a brew pub just about a kilometre from Perth CBD in a right near a bit of an entertainment precinct. So inner city brew house, um, full brew pub, kitchen, converted warehouse, pretty much what you guys have in Sydney, like yep. every second block. <laughs> uh, but we were the first in Perth. So we've only been open 15 months. That's how far behind Perth generally is. Um <laughs> But that's WA really exploded. We exploded in the southwest and we exploded in Swan Valley. So wine regions are where our beer industry grew. Yeah. And we're only just now, since we opened, two more inner city breweries have opened. Um, again, very similar converted warehouse model. So it's just starting to take off um, there. Before we opened, I used to coordinate WA Beer Week. So it's nice being over here for Sydney Beer Week. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and it's always good to be at any Beer Week that doesn't involve responsibility, <laughs> which is all of them now. Yeah, how's that, Liam? <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, 18 heck brew house, so 1,800 litre batches. We can punch out up to a quarter of a million litres a year. Um, US built kit, so we kind of spend all our money on that and... <laughs> I built all the furniture. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, what do you spend money on, and when? At what point do you have to start cutting corners? And yeah, for us, I literally built every bit of furniture. I'm shit at woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> so, Reese, um, as far as I know, this is the first time we've had a chance to have your beers in Sydney. I think it's the second, second time, right? Um, this time last year. Whereabouts? Whereabouts are your beers going to these days? Uh, mostly WA. We. Focus on growth sort of within our own state where we can supply, we can control supply chain is probably the main thing. And also the market over here has so many good players. You've got to have an exceptional product to really punch in. And to be honest, you really have to be in pack. If There's no point trying to spread your wings Australia-wide just on kegs. It's too competitive a market. Um, I mean, we've got beer going out at, very tight price points in WA. Um, the second we bring it over here, it's going to cost an absolute fortune. And no one's paying that for our lager. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, and we just don't. We see it come over here, celebrate Sydney, showcase our product, let people know about what's going on in WA. Um, but we're not making any concerted effort to push over this way. Yeah. 
Thank you. I think that raises a really good question, actually, is um, that whole pack versus keg. Because um, I think, Sam, I mean, you guys do both, but definitely do you find you've had more success with your with your cans versus your kegs at this stage? Or is it a bit 50-50? Or? Oh, look, it's, I, I would say it's exactly what it is for every brewing company in their own town outside of that. Okay, so brand in hand, which is what you're all looking at, is fantastic. Yeah. Okay, price, mar- price point, margins... Not so fantastic. In our world, keg is king, okay, because that's where we, we don't have to pay for the can, we don't have to pay for the printed can, we don't have to pay for the top of the can, we don't have to pay for the six-pack or the cardboard that it comes in to. Um, so I would, I would hazard a guess at saying most businesses would be 60-40 pack product to, to, to can. And these days, the real estate of having a, a tap... Yeah, you know, you've got to punch on for that stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, no, not so punch on. No, it's about having, it's about forming relationships and, and really good relationships, being respectful for, um, you know, other brewers and, and making sure we're all sharing the love without, um, you know, stepping on toes. And But we've all got a business to run as well. So yeah. I, 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 there's, there's a value in both of them, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the amount of bottle shops as opposed to, um, you know, uh, craft beer or good beer venues. Sorry, I'm trying to very much steer away from the word craft beer <laughs> yeah, yeah. and go to good beer venues. Yeah. Um, very so. So if you can get your your cans or your bottles on the shelf, then you know that's 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 really visual. Yeah, we would kill for that sort of visual. But there's no mobile canning in WA. Um, we aren't really set up just yet for a canning line. Um, there's no contract options in WA. It's um, the joy of being remote. I think uh, several WA breweries have actually been um, canning their beer over here and shipping it back to WA because that's their best contract option right now. So it's um, pretty tight being on the opposite end of the country to anything big in terms of beer. So... Yeah, makes so it tough. Do you two find that most of the good beer bars here are um, sort of like give you a tap handle, or or are they all rotating all the time? Rotating for most part yeah. for us. Yeah. But. Um, yes and no. It is a. It's you've got your your craft beer bars that will will start to you know they want to keep everything fresh and they want to oh. rotate. And you, yeah. You know all of that, and that's that's great. But what you really want is you want you want to nail down a tap, and you want to nail down a tap point, and that's through through relationships. I, I and you're I don't doing really some beers that are that are pretty is. kind of I think good for mainstream drinkers. So maybe it's is it. Um, I'll just say quickly, guys. Sorry to to interrupt. Um, the second beer is coming around in jugs. There's glasses on the tables, um, so just uh, pour yourself a a, a beer. Um, and this is uh, the Nowhere Man Double IPA. So we've uh, gone Boom. up. <laughs> but we figured we've uh, we've yeah. got you here, Ray. So we might as well um, drink your beer while we while we have a chat to you. Well, you started with seven percent stout. Yeah. Just yeah. move some, up to seven point eight percent double coming. IPA. It's hey, a quiet anyone, night. Have you guys tried the stout? There's a little yeah. bit of a story behind this. Yeah, one. I want to hear it. Oh uh, yeah, I love, I love tropical come about. stouts, and you don't Has see them anyone, around. Has anyone ever heard of a tropical stout before? Good old Jackson. Nope. <laughs> uh, everyone, everyone thinks, and, and this is a beer I was judging a competition probably about five or six years ago, and I went through again. We talk about BJCB mm-hmm. and all of that, mm-hmm. and I was looking through the stouts. I had to get the page to get to you know categories in the classification, all that, blah blah blah. Because um, and it was past that. It was I think it was a robust or, or, or um, Baltic porter. Anyway, I flipped the page over and this. Oh, sung to me, and I'm like, "What's a tropical stout? Yeah. Wow, 
it's like something I'd never seen. Did before. you taste? Did you taste like lion and a few of the others while you? No, were no, no. Them? So then I just left it, and then about twelve months later, I'm like, oh, I remember that, and I went back and looked up, and I did a heap of research on what a tropical stout is, and we're renowned, um, quite renowned for our big tropical punchy hop characters yeah. in our beers. So, so when we brought out, because uh, the boys, are, the you know my. Um, my partners, they're like, oh, tropical stout, so it's going to be mangoes and tropical. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you dickhead, it's brewed in the tropics. Um, so that's what a tropical stout is. It's actually a Baltic porter. Um, and it's uh, and we've had a lot of people comment. That's why we didn't call it tropical. We called it Caribbean yeah. the stout mm-hmm. because we didn't want people to go, you know, kind of it's missing that really, you know, thing they're renowned for. So uh, the the story with a, a Caribbean or a tropical stout is um, it was generally – it's a similar story to IPAs. Um, so it was brought over on the sailing ships from England and um, over to the Caribbean around there. Obviously, England went in and buggered all those countries up too. Um, <laughs> and went, went over there and, uh, and they wanted to <laughs> – they obviously want to drink me. their own beers, but it became so popular, and I don't know. I, and it I seems odd, right? You you don't think you'd want to drink a stout? Yeah, but in, dude, in when this, you go to Vietnam, all place. I want is the hottest shit you've got, yeah. like nice spicy hot food. It's like yeah, in the Caribbean. Right, right. I just want a really nice dark stout. Right. And then um, yeah, and so they they thought, okay, well let's start brewing it in the breweries over in the Caribbean and around the tropics, and all those breweries were lager breweries. So a tropical stout is generally, and you, that's why you find it quite mellow and, and uh, rounded and really quite quite a unique kind of beer, it, and it's not got that harsh bitterness, is because it uses a lager yeast. Yeah, so, it's got so a touch of sweetness that sort of Yeah, a little bit yeah. in there, but it's without it being at lactose and stuff like that. So, so that's I, I have to tell it while we've got a couple of cans up here because um, I'm really I'm stoked with this beer. We brewed this in March for our first birthday. Um, I was only going to brew about 1,500 litres. We ended up brewing 8,000 mm. um, because everyone was like, you've got to bring that back. We want more. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. And then recently I just went, enough. What That's I really enough. love about this I beer is it reminds me of like, so my dad's Sri Lankan. So in Sri Lanka, they've pretty much oh, yeah. got two beers. Lion. they got right. Lion, yeah, 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 which is yeah. called Singha. Yeah. Yeah. And they do a really piss-weak lager and this fucking incredible stout. Yeah. And it's like, this is what it reminds me of. And it's so weird because the juxtaposition between the two beers is insane. Like the lager is fucking average. But their stout is amazing. You can get it over here. I think they call it Singha. Singha, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Singha uh, is, yeah. is um, epic. It's it's a great beer, and it's like if you if, you, if yeah. you're if you and you see Singha, it's a black label with a lion kind of on it, and you'll see them floating around. Check yeah. the check the dates on them, but if you see one, grab it yeah. and give it to me. Yeah. They're awesome. They're it's epic. Epic. Yeah, They're yeah. epic. Beautiful beers. I had a friend come back from um, she's Trinidad Tobago. Uh, and she just spent three months over there. She spends three months every couple of years with the family, and she just she's just frothing. She's just like, "What's this Caribbean stout?" Yeah, man. And so I uh, I recently gave her a four pack, and she's just like, "You've nailed it." Nice. Yeah. So no, I'm stoked. Anyway, I did a, a collab beer with a brewery in uh, the Bay Area called Freewheel. Um, a tropical stout, and to make it even more tropical, we we took a portion of it aside and put some rum-soaked oak chips in it yeah. to uh, you know Jamaican rums with that like extreme fruity ester profile, just to amp up the fruitiness of it. And uh, I served it on uh, in a keg and on cask. It was really great. Nice. Ooh, would you nice. ever do a yeah? Yeah, I kept five kegs yeah. aside of this batch, but the. Bastards went and sold it on me. Oh, you have to brew it again then, aren't you? Yeah. I did. I'm like, and they're like, Sam, those five kegs. And I'm like, you're not doing anything with them. And they're like, we've sold them. I'm like, oh. uh, <laughs> so that was what I was going to do. Yeah, just it works really well yeah. on cask. 
on a little bit of rum, um, like oh. a rum barrel or something oh, like that. Oh, you were going to do that too? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of obvious, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a little there. bit obvious, yeah. But I hadn't really heard of anyone else doing it, so that's funny. Anyway. It turned out really yeah. well, so you should do it yeah. next time. Yeah. Nice. I will. Yeah. So, while we've got this beer fresh in front of us, do you want to talk us through what we're drinking? Yeah. Uh, you're drinking Fresh AF, our um, the hottest hit of spring 2018. <laughs> um, like old breweries, we've got a very terrible process of naming our beers, um, where we just say dumb ideas until something sounds less dumb the seventh time it's said, um, and that's how we end up with Fresh AF. Um, if you duck inside and see the decal at the bar, it's designed on a So Fresh CD. <laughs> the, the, the beautiful, beautiful hottest hits from the uh, CDs from the mid-2000s. Um, super trashy. Um, there's a Britney Spears on there. Um, there's a very, very secret... There's a lot of transparent layers. If you stand there and staring at it, you'll finally pick them all. But there's a lot of stuff hidden in that decal. <laughs> I, I had to because designing that was the worst thing I think I've ever done. Because <laughs> I designed that decal and it hurt me. Um, the brewer got to have all this fun. Uh, all US hops, um, super hoppy, super piney, um, real fresh, real sort of what IPAs were several years ago, I suppose, before they went crazy tropical. Um, so he got to have all the fun and I got the torment of designing. Um, so, yeah, we did this one for... Oh, we just did it because we felt like a double IPA. Um, first super boozy beer we've put through a brew house. Went really well. Um, also, apparently, the first double IPA in Australia using uh, Joe White Signature Malt. Uh, it's a fairly new malt. Most people are using it as a base malt on the sort more standard beers. Um, we pushed it. Managed to punch out a double IPA with exclusively signature. So, yeah, not too bad. Awesome. Thank you. Um, are you, um, I guess, a table question for the room again? Um, Australian versus American hops, or is it do you only use Australian, or is it every beer has, its, has the, right, the right purpose? And same for you as well. Do you find, you know. Um, it was really, really for me, I wanted to use Aussie hops in the lager. Um, because I think we're producing some fantastic hops, but I think if you look through uh, the range across the range of our beers, Mosaic and Galaxy are the um, the little babies that speak speak the loudest in our beers. But um, you know, it's also there's some other stuff in there. I love my Simcoe, um, Ella, Vic Secret, all of those um, beautiful hops, uh, and it's very much about the marriage between them and being able to to uh, you know, and this is it is it sounds it sounds really wanky, but um, and I'm oh, Anka. No, I'm not really. Um, no, but it is making having some really beautiful, delicate hops with some really big, punchy hops. You've got to make sure that you allow each one to speak and have its have its bit on stage. Um, you know, whether it comes up at the front and then and then drops away to let something else come through. It's it, it yeah. is really very much about a balance and then and then having you know it's a story I guess you know you got your beginning your middle and your end and your hops need to be showcased in that otherwise there's no use in using them and I think I'm super super proud of the stuff we produce here in Australia so um, yeah. that the lager is an ode to that yeah. very much yeah I love Australian hops um, in particular I'm huge fan of Vic Secret huge fan of Ella. Um, 
Again, we have a very unique situation over in the West Coast. We've got one supplier that keeps hops always in WA. So next year they don't have a contract for any w- any Australian hops. So if we want fresh Australian hops, we have to have them shipped over from here um, in bulk and then cold store them ourselves. Um, so that's ruined a few of our plans for next year. It's changed a few of our recipes. We've had to pull Australian hops out of... Uh, a few of our core range beers just because we can't get our hands on them in WA. Um, we're not big enough to demand allocation when um, we struggle to get it over there. And obviously, if we've got a hop contract with one company, it's a lot cheaper for us to use them than get batch by batch random stuff from a second one, cold shipped from East Coast. So it makes it really hard. We want to make all these phenomenal beers and now Australian hops for us are limited release only and it's the worst because we had Vic Secret in one of our cores we had um Ella going into one of our core beers um so yeah so Reese, just on that mate so I work really closely with the growers it's another excuse for me to go fishing in Tassie oh yeah that works Um, (laughs) any chance um why can you not then work with the growers and secure the hops that you actually want for the beers you need and be able to give them a forecast which is what I do yeah um, on all the Aussie hops, and by doing that, I actually get a better price. Uh, we we do forecast all our hops. Uh, at the moment, our forecasts are too low. We're too yeah. small to be on most people's radar. Yep. Um, that's just how it is because um, we're not in pack. We're primarily through our own venue. Um, the literage we're punching out is, I think we're a fifth yeah. to a quarter of our actual production capacity. So just put it out there. Sorry, just yeah. putting it out there just quickly. Why don't you get together as a co-op and buy? Um, I think most people in WA have their other suppliers. Um, they're either bigger than us or smaller than us. Um, and the smaller ones don't care so much about price point. Yeah. Um, and the bigger ones can okay. compete. We're yeah. stuck in a weird middle ground. Yeah, okay. Maybe um, it might be something worth, yeah. you know, looking at going in as a co-op and, yeah. um, you know, yeah. Buying more, getting a better price and having your uh, yeah. the hops that you want. Because we Sorry. got pretty dev over the other day when, yeah. Sorry. Hey, question geek here. Yep. All our hops in Victoria are grown sort of in the Alpine region. Wouldn't Proningrup and Denmark, wouldn't they be awesome places to grow hops? They would be. Okay. <laughs> I just was um, wondering why there's no hops grown there. We I have, never really thought about that. We've got currently two commercial hop farms in WA. Uh, we've got Caradale, which is part holiday retreat, part hop farm, but actually smash out some damn good hops. You can stay in a cabin surrounded by hops. It's very <laughs> unique um, and just phenomenal. And then we've got a new company called Preston Valley Hops, which is down near Denmark. Um, no, a bit further north than Denmark. Donnybrook, there we go. And they're, they're an ex-brewer down there putting in some really good varieties. Uh, we made a wet hop beer with both those farms last year, and they're phenomenal. And then uh, Beer Farm also have a hop farm project that they're working on with um, another party who is, as far as I can tell, in a lot of side projects with Beer Farm. He also owns pinball machines, <laughs> which we have in our brewery. <laughs> Sounds like a good guy to know. Um, guys, I think we're going to take a quick well, Can I have one quick then? question before we do? I yeah, want to yeah, yeah, ask Chris whether there's much hype around Australian hops from oh, where, yeah, where yeah. you're based. Oh, yeah. yeah, American brewers love, love 
Love what you got. Yeah, that's why that's why yeah. the Australian breweries can't get their hands on it. Right. Yeah. 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 We love your hops. We love New Zealand hops. Yeah, we're all over it. Adrian, can I get you to come to the front for a quick second? So, guys, we're going to have a quick break, but before we do, um, I have my lovely model, Adrian, showcasing the brand new Sessionable T-shirts. Um, so, we do have some available devices. Our shameless, shameless plug bit. Um, so we're going to have a quick break. So if you want a shirt, how much are the shirts, by the way? $25. $25 e-dues. How much for Adrian? $5 e-dues. <laughs> that's, that's a running auction. Um, yeah. But, but guys, before we go for a quick break, I just want to say we do have some prizes, or a prize for the best question. So in the second half, please get your questions going. And... Lastly, I just want to say a quick thank you for someone in the room, Mr. Dave Phillips and Dave's Travel Events for sponsoring the podcast because we literally wouldn't have any T-shirts without it and we wouldn't have a podcast here. Uh, Also, as part of the ticket price today, we are raising money for the Centre for Rural and Remote Mental Health. So thanks everyone for coming and contributing to that. See you guys soon. Before we get started, um, we have a literal word from our sponsor. Uh, Dave, if you want to grab a mic. Thanks, everyone. Um, special privilege. You guys get a, a, a coming on to the live podcast. You get to hear from me live. Thank you very much. Um, whilst we're, uh, we're pretty good at beer tourism, we're very proud of uh, being the uh, sponsor for uh, Sessionable and being able to help these guys for the last two years uh, develop the podcast and uh, spend money on technology and enable them to, um, to get where they are now and, and to go where they need to go. Um, I was just thinking before the, the session, you were talking about light lagers. Now, whilst all of you guys are beer fans and you may or may not have been on one of our tours, we'd like to, you guys to think of us as, our, as your light lager. When you want to come back to the tourism side and go exploring some stuff, come back to us, right? We're your fallback. We're the people that will help you get out to all places and new places. Um, but one thing you may not know about Dave's Travel and Events is whilst we do um, a lot of beer tourism stuff, we're actually the owner and operator of Sydney Beer Week um, with a proud sponsor of Sessionable. And we are, uh, and we're we're one of the founding owners of the uh, of the Institute of Beer, which uh, was responsible for bringing the certified Cicerone program to Australia. And we're also proud to bring people like Chris out to Australia, which we plan to do more of in the future. So I'd encourage you guys to um, spend some time, introduce yourself to Chris. Uh, he's a legend uh, in more ways than one, and he's a super nice guy. Come and have a chat to him. Um, the other thing that I'd just like to quickly mention: if you are into beer and you are into travel. Please keep an eye on daves.com.au. Uh, 2019, we'll see the launch of our international beercations. Um, and uh, we have a lot of things that we've been working on in the background. Um, don't ask Liam about them. Uh, I've been pestering him for ages. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're, we, uh, 2019, we'll see the launch of a, a number of multi-day uh, beer explorations uh, focused on the US initially and around some of the, uh, the, the world's best beer festivals and events. Yeah. Everything from uh, seven, seven to 14-day uh, beer explorations. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out. Coming in 2019, international beer trips. And, um, yeah, there'll be something in there for everyone. So enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Dave. That sounds all right, doesn't it? Yeah. 
US Bear Vacations, I'm in. Yeah, I've already uh, put my hand up to, to, to lead those ones. See, think, but but why, think, why, why Chris and Chris and I feel that we'd be a better match. <laughs> why fly Liam all the way over there when I can just do it myself? <laughs> shut up! Save, shut up! Save that money. <laughs> no. Um. So this portion of the show, guys, is going to be mostly about your questions, um, as we always do at Sessionable Live. Um. The winner of the best question, as determined by this panel, um, will win a fancy Sessionable shirt, as modelled by Adrian up the back. Um, so no pressure, but any questions? Yes. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no one else. No one else is going to ask before 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 we do that. What is that? Sam's got a oh, question. Yeah. What we, what are we drinking? We should probably uh, get onto that. So <laughs> I believe we are drinking uh, number two on the list. Um, yeah, number two. So holy shit! It's a midi midi mandarin edition. Goes up. I'm just I'm reading what you guys know. So. It's a. I'm assuming a Mandarin Gosa from uh, Rocky Ridge. So as a as a um, WA guest, correspondent. guest correspondent from WA, what, what can you tell us about Rocky Ridge? You can Ridge? explain this one. Rocky Ridge, you're an amazing brewery based just outside Margaret River. They try to grow as much as possible on site. So they have a full working farm, both for uh, malt and hops. Obviously, they can't sustain themselves just with that, but that is their end game. And they punch out probably the most ridiculous and fast-paced limited release schedule of any brewery in WA. Um, I also have the joy of um, my business development manager is also a beer writer. I was going to say blogger or something along those lines. I actually can't really remember what she does. Um, So, Pia. Pia. Yeah. I just got a message from Pia actually today. Did it say um, slap race? No. Worst uh, boss the, ever? The message says, the message says, make sure you give him shit. <laughs> oh, good. So, so if you feel like I have given you, and I've got um, it right here, I can show you. So if, uh, <laughs> the joy is Rocky Ridge drop off samples to Pia at our brewery every time they release a new beer. And then they feel guilty because I'm behind the bar slaving away working. And, they, and their rep goes back to the car and gets more. So they're probably the brewery I drink the most of outside of my own based on the fact that they drop a lot of free stuff off and I really enjoy it. Um, Sounds like no. a good friend. All right, do we have a first question from the audience? Um, Reese mentioned that he did a lot of the design for the decal yourself. Um, yes. And so you do all your design in-house or is that you don't um, outsource anything? So we have a design company that does sort of our core stuff, uh, limited releases. If they're small batch, I do them myself. Um, so we use our normal design company, Zendoke, who did Whippersnapper Distillery, uh, Then Us. They've since done the rebrand of Nail, Boston Brewing, Six Strings, Bounty Hunter Brewing, um, and I lose track after that because he is now since... We were the first brewery ever did, and now we can't actually get hold of him <laughs> because he does <laughs> half a dozen other breweries. He created a monster there. Yeah, so um, half the time it's just churn and burn work, so I'll, I'll do that, but anything good or core range has to go to him. And um, the filter stuff, is that in-house or is like the, everyone raves about the... Everyone raves about the design. Is that something you've outsourced? Um, yeah, we use a, a fantastic guy called Stuart Talk. Um, yeah, so Stu, Stu's um, a legend. He does a heap of stuff, local guy too. Um, 
but we all kind of collaborate when it comes to Instagram and we're using somebody now for our social media um, because we've realised that we're pretty shit at it. Um, but it took a little bit to settle that into the actual style that we needed. Um, but uh, so Stu, so when I say, uh, I guess with all, all designers and stuff like that, they, they, they present to you their idea of what, you, what you're thinking. Um, so we kind of all collaborate together really nicely in regards to that. Um, there'll be things that some of us want to change. Myself as a brewer, I'll get a say on some things. One of the other guys will have a say. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. And we've, we've made sure that, um, that we know our journey, we know where we're going and we know what we want and how to, uh, how to achieve that through the right people. So, and that's about outsourcing and about working with the right people. Yeah. And that's really important. And as a, as a team, the three of us, me, Mick and Steph, we all know our strengths and we know our weaknesses. So it's really important in finding that. Yeah, yeah. Let me just say, like, I think this is so obvious and I, I, I hope everyone's figured this out years ago. But uh, it kind of doesn't matter if the beer in, in the vessel is the best stuff on the planet. Like, if yeah. your design isn't tight totally. and your marketing isn't tight, you're just not going to make it. That's what happens in a crowded market. I, to- I absolutely yeah. agree with that. Definitely. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to me when I hear about, uh, you know, people winging it on the design work, uh, you know, hiring like a buddy or, or, or you know, family or whatever, to, like, like as if it's this secondary, unimportant piece. It's, it's critical. It's just as important as the beer. I'm, I'm going to steal these guys' thunder and say they've done a whole episode on this and it you know, it really is like know your strengths and yeah. outsource what you what you can, and you know support other, you know, small businesses as yeah, well. Yeah. Absolutely, like, but uh, but I will yeah. say, um, and now I've gone really high. Uh, the cost of that for small businesses is 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 huge. It's enormous. Yeah. It's it enormous huge. to find really talented artists and have them uh, do work for you. At my, at Old Devil Moon, my bar, I have I try to do two different design projects per year where I just find like. You know, someone who comes to the bar who's a designer. I got this shirt done recently. It's by a guy named Eric Marinovich, who's like literally world famous and did like the recent design and marketing work for the Warriors NBA team. And he just comes to my bar and hangs out all the time. So we did some trade, you know. But uh, you know, you got to find those people. And and frankly, you know, I, with him, I got a great deal. But you had, you just have to be willing to pay people for for their talents and the years of effort they put in, you know, it's, you know, artists or, or even me as like a beer educator, people come to me asking for, um, you know, consulting work and they're like, Oh, you already know all this stuff. You're good at it. you like it. Therefore you shouldn't get paid much for it. Right. Same with artists. Do it for the love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exposure. If love, love will pay my bills. Love doesn't pay my rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just got to yeah. do it. That's just a thing you should do. And actually, why not? Why not find artists in your community that you love and then support them? Yeah. I think we had another Definitely. question down the back. If you want to just uh, run up and we'll... Okay, so a little background. I went to the um, IBD at Brick Lane in Melbourne recently and uh, had my camera out taking pictures of this beautiful brewery and apparently I snapped a picture of a can called Tinny's 
which will be released in one of the major retailers. It's an XPA. I think it's been on. Uh, I think it's on their website now. Okay, so it's actually of the Brick Lane Brews. It was the best because I, I wasn't impressed with their other three beers, but the XPA was excellent. But my question to you is, I'm not, not sure it is a Brick Lane. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a Brick Lane brand. Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's owned by one of the major brands. They've given the recipe. They've okay. paid for it. Brewed out Brick Lane, but it's but, just, yeah. Yeah, but but my question is, and having come from America, where we watched, you know, small breweries change people's attitude towards beer. You know, you talked a lot about your XPA. Does that help your sales? The fact that people are now going to see an XPA. Or do you think that that's shit, that they're going to brew something and steal Kaiju's designs and your recipes, and they're going to sell more? Well, I hope they wouldn't be stealing my recipes. (laughs) Well, but you know what I mean, your your style of beer. Um, Or does it change people from drinking VB, 4X, and other crap beers that that have been around for so long? Does it, does it help your market by getting more people into the craft beer market? Yeah. yeah or yeah. do you look at it as a threat? You want to no, talk, you want to talk politics, a, Sam? No, no, no. Yeah. no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Let's no. get into it. No, it's a great Sam question. I, it is a great question, mate. And it's probably sit back down. <laughs> you know, I'm not done with you yet, sunshine. <laughs> Don't fuck off up the back. Yeah, stay here and get your answer. Um, no, no, no. It's a great question, and it is one we talk about in the in the office. Um, the the success 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 success. No, the success of um, of any XPA, let alone pale ale, let alone craft brewery, is ours as well. Because it exposes people to XPAs, okay, and Bolter. Bolt, you look at Bolter. When we think XPA, you think of Bolter or Filter. Um, but no, no, no. But really, you've got to be fair in a marketplace. And 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 Bolter have the opportunity to reach through their, um, you know, what they've done, uh, who they have as you know people that support them. Uh, to reach a lot of people and a broad range of people, most people that might be drinking your VBs or might be drinking 4X or might be doing that, and they're like, oh, yeah, surfers drinking that. I might do. And I'm, it's a fantastic beer. Please don't get me wrong. It's an amazing beer. Our beer is very different, but people will look at that and go, yeah, I had that. That's from those boys. Um, and taking Bolter aside, what's another amazing XPA? Mine. Uh, it's not on, it's not on, on the east coast right? on on tap here later this week yeah but 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 in saying that no i think it's a it's a success not yes. sex yeah. all around oh. no it is it is and it's a, it's a win for craft beer and good beer it's it's interesting across here, everything cuz i hadn't actually heard about this tinny xpa but in wa we just had little creatures launch their xpa and so we're leaders. You are a market leader, Sam. Yeah, there you Trailed go. Up. Look at this. Yeah. Uh, when when Lion can't buy Bolter, they make XPA. Yeah. Don't put that on a podcast. <laughs> but you know, you, you gotta there. feel a bit proud because if you know, if little creatures and Lion are releasing XPA, there's been a focus group and a board's got together and gone, What do we need to do? Yep. And no doubt the slideshow's come up and filter XPA's popped up on there and have gone, uh, yeah. That's hot, let's fucking do that. Like it, it probably that's, that's it probably cool. has. Yeah. And I, I really respect your question and, and um uh, and it's a really, really valid, valid question. But mm. the, the answer all round is total support. Yeah. 
we're, because we're a small industry, a very small industry. We already get bent over by taxes, um, and we need to be supporting each other. There's, there's, there shouldn't be any in-house fighting as mine's better than yours, whatever. We'll let the drinkers decide that, and away mm. we go. And, and hopefully everyone does it uh, respectfully. Yeah, we're, we were pretty positive about Creatures releasing an XPA and less people asking us about the style. Um, the fact that it is literally like a beautiful aqua colour, um, reminiscent of Bolter. <laughs> I'm sure won't impress them, but... Aqua? Uh, like in terms of label. Oh, yeah, right. So the, oh. The, the bottle, oh, fuck, the bottle label beer? is the same. It just um, took me straight back to Doc's cephalopod. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, the beer itself is actually crystal clear, like bizarrely clear. Yeah, right. So bright as a button. XPA. It is very, very clear. Look, I reckon, I reckon, here's, here's, here's my call. Here's, I'm saying it right now. When we know that the big guys are actually following us is when they're all smashing out Napiers yeah. and going, oh, whoa, look what we've discovered. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah, but it's, that's, it's pre- pretty funny. I can't drink Little that creatures Napier. Or, no, I can't. Look, I'm not going to diss any other, any other brewers around, but uh, I, I do think there is um, – I think a lot of the big breweries – and I, <laughs> look, call me out if I'm wrong – but I think a lot of the big breweries let their marketing departments decide – what is going to be their next brand and what mm. is going to be their next beer style that's going to come out. I think then, you, you, you know, us as a table here and, you know, we've got home brewers, beer consumers, all, all sorts of stuff. We just let whatever we woke up in the morning kind of shine. And if that's yeah. a good thing, put it out in the table, rep, you know, put it out there. But, but um, I, I definitely very much consider us as, uh, as brewers and good beer brewers uh, as artists, and that's what we do. We're not the marketing department. We, we, you know, we create. We're creators. But it sounds well, like you guys have a good balance between that with what you're talking about. You know, you're talking about the three of you guys get together and discuss what you're going to do, and it's a, a almost equal part between marketing, sales, and and brewing. To and that's you've got that right balance. It sounds like exactly what Chris said before. I can make the best beer in the world, but if it's not marketed right, and it's you know. It's not put in its right place. Then who gives a shit? Yeah. Well, but yeah, I'll I'll say something a little more um, political or whatever. But I think that you know, as as like beer nerds, like the people in this room, the people on this panel, the people who listen to a beer podcast, you know, we're kind of like the ambassadors, right? We're like uh, the people who are going to talk to our friends and family and whoever about beer. And I think this notion that it's about what's in the glass, you know, that's that's bullshit. It's, uh, you know, there's, if you do have a choice between, you know, four different XPAs, why would you buy the one, you know, assuming they're all pretty much good, why would you buy the one that will result in your money being siphoned off to some, you know, guy in Brazil who's a billionaire? Why not support your local community? You know, it just, I, I'll be political about it. I don't, I don't sell, I only sell beer from independent breweries at my bar. And, uh, you know, there have been awkward moments where, I don't know, you know, the, uh, a buddy of mine who's a sales guy for, you know, Lagunitas or whatever walks in on the third time I, and I, after I brushed them off and I just had to say, you know, hey, man, like, we're just not buying from you anymore. You know, and, and it's not like the beer's bad. It's just that I can get great IPAs from dozens of companies that are, you know, where the money, where I can work directly with the brewer and the owner, um, you know, and I know the money is going in their pockets and into the whew, 
and into the pockets of the of like you know the family of people that work there. Um, and I've had this discussion with a few people here uh, in Australia since arriving, and there seems to be a little more acceptance of like the necessity of working with or or just kind of not hating on the big guys, uh, which is weird. Um, I think in the U.S., you know. Look, there's a lot of gray area in this stuff. I, you know, I've, I was talking to Sam about this earlier. There's a lot of gray area here, and you kind of got to go with your gut and with your heart. You know, there's there's no bright line rule um, because things have gotten weird, right, with, like, private equity. Um, you know, it's not quite the same as, like, getting taken over by ABI because that's kind of a simple – that is a simple line, right? Like, you know, we're certainly not – we're not buying uh, – you know any of you know goose island or well yeah goose island stuff like that yeah and but you know i guess uh yeah i just see them around here and and, and, yeah it's a gray area from an australia perspective i think personally i've found it quite hard to fall out of love with some of the breweries that have been bought out you know Mm -hmm. spent a long time really enjoying what they've what they've done and still still really enjoying the so my comment my comment earlier was about mountain goat for us you know yeah they're they're Anyone in this room has a bit of a uh, you know peace in their heart uh, for Mountain yeah. Goat, yeah. and yeah. they worked really hard Phenomenal. to do what they did. Um, so cool. that's that's what um, you know you were talking yeah. about before is saying we were you know you, you it's got to be a balance in between. Well, and here's the nah, thing: we're you not know, doing it because rah rah rah. As an you entrepreneur, get on your horse, but you know you got to also be respectful for the the mm. pioneers of the modern yeah. Australian brewing industry. Yeah. Do you buy? Well, I think as a as an entrepreneur myself, I don't I don't hold any kind of grudge against someone who like worked their ass off for years and then got paid you know that's that's great what i think sucks is you've got this family of people who helped you build that company who just show up to work one day and find out they have a new boss and they got nothing for it right i think that sucks and you see some i I think that's a problem we've had here too you see some companies in the states that Mm. are trying different things like modern times they're now like a largely employee-owned company they just gave stock to everybody so, you know, if they get bought out, everybody wins. Yeah. It's kind of like the model you hear more for, like, tech companies or something, you know? Yeah, yeah I think there's there's a thing at the moment in Australia where you've got your pioneers sort of bought out, like, feral we all love, mountain goat we all love. And if I go to a bar and my option is to buy feral or mountain goat or a new independent brewery that is potentially bankrolled by a multi-multi-millionaire, I'm still going to go with the guys that did the hard yards. That's fair. Because there's a lot of people hitting the market now that are independent, that the cash behind them, they should not be – like, they're not in the same league as – Yeah, well, you, well, no, that's, you can't that's say that's should not be. Because oh. they are. You can't say should not be. That's yeah. a question Because everyone of... has a right to be – Independent. No, no, no. Everybody has a right to run a business, whether it's – Oh, whether true. It should not be is not the right wording I think we need to be introducing into the already confused state of – uh, yeah. You know, um, buying out breweries well, and who owns breweries, uh, the independent side. There's no such thing as craft and there's no such you thing as You do definitely hear about like... Only because it's getting very political and I feel like I started this. <laughs> Does everybody think that fancy pants is the best traveler because the cops think you're drinking a Coca-Cola? <laughs> I used to always love drinking the six-point uh, cans because, like, I'd do that on the train because it looks like you're smashing a Red Bull. So, yeah. I, I gotta say, mine's squish. <laughs> yeah, all the way, all the way. And Pretty much. Just, no, yes, squish. It looks like Fanta. <laughs> Wait, no, 
Uh, well, it was inevitable that some politics would come up. I think. I think it's <laughs> yeah. good. So I think right. we needed question. to get that. Next we needed question. to get that out of our yeah. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this might be more for Chris, but um, anyone who travels can probably answer this. I'm wondering about the saturation of beer in Sydney and probably Australia. And is that in the US? We hear about a brewery on every corner and all this sort of stuff. Is that the maturity of the beer market or the maturity of the beer drinker? Uh, where can we probably expect Sydney to go in the future? Is it at saturation uh, or not? Interesting. Know? Yeah. So so there are a lot of breweries. I think I want to say there's something like 5,600 now, but like applications into the TTB suggest that there could be, you know, 8,000 in a couple more years. So, so let's see. So there's definitely been a, quite a proliferation of small brew pubs. And, and by the way, it's, it's different in every town, like in San Francisco, for instance, which may be, uh, you know, a good example that's similar to Sydney in the sense that it's so expensive. You know, property there is so expensive and, and large spaces are so rare. Uh, but, however, it is like – I think you're less landlocked sort of than San yeah. Francisco. But um, we just don't have many big breweries. We have a lot of small brew pubs. Other cities that maybe are more similar in geography to Sydney like um, San Diego have tons and tons of breweries that are – they have more than San Francisco. Um I think that's probably partly because property prices are lower, leases are lower. But the breweries they do have are massive, like sort of like, you know, these giant warehousey spaces like Wayward, stuff like that. Um, San Francisco, we've seen a lot of smaller brew pubs opening, um, and I think that's true of a lot of the West Coast cities. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it has become a thing where, like, your neighborhood pub might just be a brewery, you know? And it's not – they're not um, breweries that are really looking to get out there and sell their beer to a broader audience or outside of the city or maybe even outside of the neighborhood. So that's that's one thing I've seen a lot of. Um, and the quality can be mixed, of course, for, for a smaller space like that um, that isn't attracting some, like, name brand brewer. Um, a lot of those are just being opened, of course, by people who are passionate and want to brew themselves. Um which can be a sort of hit or miss proposition. I was going to add on to that. Like, um, I think most people in the room might have seen, but you haven't seen, Chris, is that in Australia we're averaging a new brewery every week at awesome. the moment. Awesome. And the other thing I was going to add is uh, if you take the inner west, as we've talked about a bit, uh, from a brewery per population density, it actually has a higher brewery per population density than Portland, Oregon, or San Diego. Amazing. So if but you want to talk about one neighborhood, yeah. if you want to talk about saturation, it's like in that seventeen one neighborhood, breweries, or something? yeah, it's always seventeen. No, no, no not quite that many. 14, 15? 14, 15? Yeah, yeah. that's Ooh, pretty epic. Ouch. <laughs> no, no, no. I think the big thing, which is what I, I handed over to you, was is um, our, our drinkers in Sydney, and you think it's saturated. We're not, we haven't even touched the sides in regards to Sydney. I spent a lot of time in WA when the boom was happening. That's where I learned my craft over there. I spent a lot of time in Melbourne. Melbourne's just fucking nuts. Um, Sydney, and people say to me, I quite often get asked, what do you prefer, Sam? And, and I think they're all amazing towns. They're all amazing cities. They're, they're beautiful. They're unique in every single way. But I think the, what we have here in Sydney is we have a, we have a, we're a, bit, we're a bit more raw here. We're, we're not, and don't quote me, and I'm not. You say rural? Raw. 
raw. raw. Yeah, we we like we're still. It doesn't seem yeah. very rural to me. <laughs> no, no, no. But we are. We're not saturated. We're not even close to being saturated. Not when you go down and experience the Melbourne, and then not in WA when I lived over there and was you know at, at little creatures. And um, I think Sydney has the the opportunity to be the biggest and the best out of uh, out of all the states. I think it's going to be really closely followed by Brizzy, very closely. But you know what? I also think those two states and the people that live in those two states were a bit more just a – and I'm not going to picture – a bit more genuine, yeah. uh, a bit more um, – I don't know. We want to go out and have a beer. Fuck. Think, um, Are you saying Sydney's the hipster? The I've seen is craft consumption in Sydney is about 4 to 6%. And then that's taking in your James Squires and, and your – some people call faux craft as well. Is so that, we've, is that we've, Australia as a whole or just Sydney? Uh, I think that's Australia as a whole. So okay. we've got a lot so of So imagine to what's going to happen when it hits 10%. And, exactly and right. since it's yeah. more expensive, yeah. 10% of the liquid, but maybe 15% of the actual money that's spent. Yeah. Because yeah. we're, but we're what, at about something like that in the US, you know, between 10 and 20. What's also happening is, is okay, you go back to back in the day, like, you know, 15 years ago, WA, it was all kind of very cool. Melbourne became a niche. It became cool. Now it's actually in Sydney. It's actually just become mainstream. It's, like, it's just it's what huge. we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, we want to, and and I think across the whole board, whatever country. Well, sorry, not what country, but um, wherever you are, we want to consume better. So we want to eat better eggs. We want free-range chicken. We want stuff that comes from natural gardens. You're using your, um, you know. Yet less your woolies and more so your, uh, you know, going to your little farmers markets and stuff like I that. And I think that's and coming talk across. To the guy who grows my potatoes and my mushrooms, and I can go to the exactly. And talk to the so as beers, as right? consumers, we all are starting to want to consume better, and I think that comes across in not only our beer but our wine and our spirits. You look at the spirits that have grown in this country in the last you know what? five to eight years. It's yeah. phenomenal. And you know what the thing is? What I, I trace it all back to is fucking MasterChef. Uh, think, no, seriously, think about it. Leo. Think about it. MasterChef yeah. as a TV show is what started people questioning and wanting to know what they wouldn't. Oh, I think it. Alice Waters might, might not theory. agree no. with you. No, it's you know what? No, no, no. That's it. That's it. But you like, know what he watches? Channel tell 10 or 9. Yeah, I'm going to say more You're SBS. Definitely wrong. I'm going to say SBS and Food Safari. Would it help if I told you my head chef was on season one of MasterChef? Oh, there we go. But point, I think I think just it, yeah. just outside of that, that's becoming really important to us as Australian consumers. I think. Do, would you not all agree? I mean, who still goes out and buys caged eggs? If you put your hand up, you're out. No, <laughs> but, but seriously, who who does do that? Yeah. I I would say nobody in this room because you care about what you consume. From a beer perspective, to you know, you might go out and buy the old, um, you know, loaf of white bread, but. Well, it's, and also, you know, like I also like as I always say, we live in a bubble, and hopefully, most people in this room and everyone in this room, we can afford to have that choice as well, which not everyone does. That's another thing but, you're well, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in the like sort of long arc of history here, you know, you've got like the Alice Waters in Berkeley slow food local food thing that was going on in the '70s, '80s, and became mainstream in the night, you know through to now and all that's the reaction to sort of the the food our grandparents were eating that was all packaged you know some some company that you don't even know anyone who worked at sending you something to put in your microwave i mean that that's that's what this is all a reaction to and 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 i think seeing those 
health effects of that kind of lifestyle, uh, eating that kind of food, and, and, and the fact that it doesn't taste good. Frankly, that's really what it comes down to, right? People are looking for something that tastes good. And fresh stuff tastes better. That's why we get lots of local Sam, IPAs. Sam, where's yeah. your new brewery going to be? Where's it going to be located? <laughs> <laughs> Sydney? <laughs> Melbourne? <laughs> No, Tassie, yeah. <laughs> by the river. <laughs> yeah, no, no, down by my house there with my five fishing boats. Um, look, mate, we are, we have we are as, and this is. I'm glad you asked this question because if our dreams and all of our dreams could come true, it'd be in the inner west. Um, my two business partners, um, I call them the Brady Bunch. Um, they live across the road from each other, and they got three kids each. They all go to the local Marrickville school down near the Marrickville Metro. I live in Marrickville. I'm just around the corner. I've been in Marrickville and Newtown, you know, for for the time I've been here. And and when I was here before, I lived in that area too. So it is special. It's special to us. We want to. We don't want. We want to hang out with our community. We yeah. want our friends to come in. We want the community, whether it's the um, parents of the school kids, um, you know, whatever it is. We want to do something for our community. Uh, and that's super-duper important. It's really important. There's no point – I don't think going out outside of where we live and who we are and what we breathe and what we, we see and who we support, the cafes, the restaurants, the all of that kind of stuff. It, it, we want to support them as much as they support us. So um, it's, it's, an, it's, it's a no-brainer for us. Um, what we are waiting on – and everyone's like, well, come on, guys, you've been – you know, it's been 18 months or so. It's like – we're waiting for the right thing. We're not just waiting for something. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Think. And it's like, you know, all those magical hidden sites in the inner west. Are, there's not many of them left, is there? There isn't. Right, so, yeah. so I don't know if you guys all know, but about 12 months ago, they turned the um, Marrickville inner west into um, residential um, industrial. So, um, unfortunately, a lot of the, the places that were approachable and reachable for us from a – whether it was a buying or leasing perspective is no longer because everybody wants to – Build high-rise apartments. Build yeah. high-rise apartments. But, but in saying that, and I think I can um, speak for the Inner West Brewers, we feel we have – um, we have a space inside of all that. We have a space in the community, and it's um, it's very much. A, and I think the people that want to move into Marrickville really respect that as well. Respect being able to go down to your local, you know, whether it's go down to Batch or, or you know, head over to to the Grifter guys and do that little loop, and then you know, and live in the middle of it because in the middle of that, there's also some amazing coffee producers. You got the Two Chaps guys, you got yeah. the legends up at the Henson, and and all around. There's we have this beautiful, beautiful community in and around the area, and people say, "Why are you all?" And it, we're there because we want to be there, man. Because yeah. it's a fucking great place. And like, I. Hey. We have nice high-rise breweries. No, piss off. <laughs> no, but I think it's really respectful. Keep the warehouses. Keep the breweries. Keep that industrial element to the community because it adds to it. You look at Green Square and that now is just you You look up. No, I don't, I don't think that. I think there's a place in the inner city that we can have a bunch of everything that's awesome, whether it's the urban winery, whether you, yeah. you know, you got someone producing honey over there or, you know, all, there's a place for all of it. Or Archie Rose or, you know. Exactly, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, so I think it's a melting pot and I think it really, I think it it's, has the potential to be unfortunately overtaken by residential high-rises. Yeah. Um, but I also think in that, that we can um, 
you know, we can make an effort to, to, to keep it real. That was a great question. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah it was. All right, have we got time for one more quick question? Has someone got one? Maybe two if you quick. Maybe two more if you... Yeah. Well, if we all if, shut If up, it's quick. If, <laughs> dep- depends how much Sam talks. <laughs> <laughs> It really does. <laughs> I resemble that comment. <laughs> so I'm going to open a can of worms here. Oh. All right, wait, no, out of time, doesn't, sorry. doesn't sound quick. <laughs> wraps up I love show. worms. So and he's looking at me Sam, as well. Sam, no, well, Sam and Reese. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Queensland government supporting Brewdog to come in and set up their mega Brewtropolis? Uh, and then there's a little adjunct to that. I, I was reading the other day there's a consortium that are setting up a gypsy brewing uh, contingent uh, on the back of that, but I guess more so the state government supporting a foreign brewer, albeit still an independent brewer, coming in uh, to compete with you guys directly. I will let the guys answer, but I want to back that up with I think um, the government has actually hired a bunch of people to actually do a research paper about the brewing industry as a whole, and I think maybe because of backlash, but they are actually doing a lot of research about how they can help the other brewers as well. Which is, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, that is interesting. But I would really like to hear your guys' opinion as well because I know Sam's chomping at the bit on that one. <laughs> I, I would love the government to give me money to, uh, to set up my brewery. Um, I mean, to put it in context, we employ 15 people. Our local government actually caps our employment because we don't have enough parking. So we, so we can never grow. And employ lots of people and be positive to the economy. Um, but let's not get started on local government. Um, so when I see the le- number of employees, certainly in WA, Little Creatures, um, significantly more than a lot of other breweries, uh, Gage Road's the same. Um, from an employment prospect, yes, it makes sense. And potentially from a training people to leave and then go on to great breweries, I mean, Sam spent time at Creatures. They were independent then. They were in, <laughs> They were independent. Still shapes you as a person. Our head brewer just left Creatures. Um, and so I see from that point employment, tourism, but it needs to be even across the board to help everyone and not just big ticket items um, is my opinion. Um, certainly like what Green Beacon did out of that small tiny brew house to then have their massive production facility now with no props prop up from the government that like they're an example of people who should be helped total outsider here but let me just say my god i cannot believe there is even an industry here considering how high taxes are on on alcohol it's (laughs) it's fucking insane i mean it it's just stunning spirits the price of beer here is stunning yeah, spirits and, and the exchange worse. rate is pretty good for you at the moment as well. <laughs> yeah, it's bonkers. I think it's twenty three dollars a bottle of forty percent spirit in tax. Is that right? That's the taxes. Yeah, on spirits. It yeah, kind of just seems stupid. like for for some of the fancier stuff I've seen from abroad, at least like in bottle shops, it's like more than double the price than that that we would pay in the states, like for something from Belgium or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. A four percent tap beer is a dollar a liter tax, something like that. Wow! And then once you go and pack, even more. A couple of things on that, and I think it's really important for everyone to understand that um, every single brewery 
in Australia pays the exact same excise rate. That is yes. bullshit. Yeah. So we pay exactly what CUB pays, which is owned by AB InBev. We pay exactly what Lion Nathan pays, which is owned by Kiran Ichiban. We pay Coca-Cola, blah, 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 all the same shit in Caboodle. There is no, uh, you know, there's no nothing for us. Yeah. So... Uh, so yeah, it's a struggle. So yeah, um, that, that's in the U.S. We definitely have, you know, higher taxes for the big guys. Oh mate, we'd be better off being winemakers. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh. the thing is, you do get know, free healthcare. Winemakers have a like, they, and no, they live the high life. In that, in, yeah, they are, but they fought for it. Yeah, they fought for it, and we've yeah. been trying to fight for it. So, Tax so back to your original question about Brewdog. Um, so, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna go back a little bit on the question and. And talk again about what we produce as Australians in Australia. When I buy Australian eggs, I know it goes to that Australian family. When I buy Australian beer, I know it goes to that Australian family, right? When I buy independent um, overseas beer, okay, without sounding like a wanker, okay, I'm hoping that a majority of it is going to go back to that family. But I would rather do that and that before I did that. Because I know we produce amazing products here in Australia. I feel um, uh, two sides for me, two sides, okay? It's going to bring some really, really good jobs to an area that needs it. That's one side, industrial, the industrial side of it. Um, the other side of it of, uh, hey, shit, if I had the opportunity to go into the States and do the same thing, would I not do it? With all the government, um, and I'm not. I'm just being no, devil's advocate. Yeah, I'm definitely. just literally yeah. being devil's advocate. We would take that opportunity. If someone, if the yeah. government and, the, and you know said, "Oh yeah, here we go," in your float, I'd go, "Happy days, let's go." Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, and like I said, I'm not about dogging other other businesses, other people, or anything like that, or, or even big business, because I think any sort of good beer, and, and that is a is is a kick up from. From anything else, so it's, it is a really hard question, and it's something that I have struggled with. Um, but I think you need it needs to be layered. So for me, it is: is it going to be supporting the Australian economy in a certain area that requires it? And I'm pretty sure where they are situated, it is a low socioeconomical uh, um, area. Um, so yes, that's a win. Okay, um, is it? Are they going to be paying the same prices as we do for raw materials and ingredients? Probably not. They'll be getting it better because they buy as a group. So not cool. Um, is it going to be taking away sales of local industry and, and, and beer, beer industry? I don't know. What do you reckon? Um, so it, it's all I, – I, it's, it's – that's how I feel about it. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. um, we don't know how it'll be until yeah, it's. I don't know. Here. It's, there's never, there's never yeah. been, from what I can understand and what I see, there's never been something like this happen. And I really don't know how it's going to affect us. As I, I know for a fact, it's going to affect Queensland as a beer producing and and there where they're going. But you know what? It might actually bloody give them a big lift too. So yeah. yeah. The other thing I was going to say is the other people should be really worried as bars like. You know, like we we know the Brewdog model. They're going to open a brewery. They're going to have ten bars in Australia the next year. But they've also very very openly come out and said in the states that's not worked in certain areas. 
So what's your well, call Well, they just launched that? a fucking airline this week. Like, No, they didn't launch an airline. They launched a fucking yeah. cruise trip on yeah. an airline. Yeah, no, that's... But, but they did. They launched and they tried all these spots in the States and a lot of them fell down. And maybe maybe you can, Chris, you give know, us an insight on that. I, I don't think I – I didn't really hear much about that. I know that they tried to make a big move in the States and it fell flat. And, and I don't know what that exactly comes down to. They do have a – very large brewery somewhere in the Midwest. I and they've got yeah. that hotel attached to it as well, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know. It's a. Uh, I don't feel like I see them a lot mm. on the West Coast. I don't no. think they're very popular. Uh, at least, at least not not in my area. I don't really see them a lot. I don't see people talking about them. I don't really see a lot of buzz. But I know they're huge and uh, yeah. they have a lot of power. And you know, things are trendy in one area and not in another. So who knows? Yeah, maybe they'll land with uh, a thud or maybe they'll help blow up the scene here or maybe they'll just show up and take a percentage of your your market and that'll suck for you. And I think we're yet to see exactly <laughs> we, which one of those it's going to be. Yeah, we've yeah, got you know, no I mean, idea. The general, um, there are, like on the topic of bars versus brewery tap rooms there are certainly people i've talked to in the u.s who are just generally annoyed that breweries are even allowed to do that because they just feel like hey i buy beer from them and then i also have to compete with them on the retail level but whatever i don't know i've never really thought too much about that i never thought it was a a big deal to me it just always seemed like it made sense and that was the way the market should work that they should be allowed to open uh tap rooms but i i do so so just on that that. note here in australia um, you're well, let me, stupid, let me just you're say stupid if you, you start, don't open a tap room. Let me just yeah. say before you go on, though, that I do think they should have breweries. Like, they should be brewery tap rooms, not like – like uh, there, there are certain – you know, in California, for instance, a brewery gets – I don't remember exactly how many. They get like eight tap room licenses. So you'll have a brewery that will open in, I don't know, uh, wherever, say, doesn't matter, Sacramento. And then – but they can open a – tap room like you know in every major city in california based on that using the same license and they can serve beer from you know not just their own beer they can serve beer from other producers as well the only thing they can't do is serve full liquor so that to me is kind of crazy i mean that's 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 pretty that's that's a gift yeah um i think here there's certainly we've had a few bars raise questions with us regarding having a full bar restaurant as well as selling to them. Um, and at the end of the day, if you're a venue that is undercutting the people you're selling to, you'll fail. But everyone makes sure their pricing's the same. But really. also, like I think as Sam was saying, as a, the business model of a brewery, if you don't have a, a tap room or a cellar door on site, oh, you, you have not, to. How, I don't know how you could that's, sustain it as a business anymore. You have anymore. to make money going here. straight to retail. I mean, the yeah. margins are just so much better. As long as you know how to run hospitality venues. No, no, no. Well, on top true. of that, I to- on top of that, I think that it's really important. It's about it's about a brewery that you have having a heartbeat, having yeah. a home, having Brand somewhere ideas. that you having guys can come Having direct contact yeah. with their customers. Yeah. And go, oh, yeah. fuck, this, what, that's what this place, yeah, well, yeah, you know, now I'm getting it. a soul and, and identity. Yeah, that is exactly. the so that's, core that's super of important. modern independent yeah. brewing. It's that it's direct interaction that with people yeah. that lets them know what you're about. Yeah, I think definitely. Thank you. I think we Tim, did you have a question as well? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I love the political political questions as much as anyone, but to bring it back to the beer, uh, pick it, it's up to everyone, but picking up on what you said, Sam, about the IPA being an Australian IPA versus an American West Coast, East Coast, 
and your kind of focus on the the preference for local ingredients, how much are we seeing a tipping point towards uh, an Australian flavour profile, an Australian ideal of beer versus the traditional American inspiration we've seen in, you know, inverted commas, craft beer in Australia? Yeah, favourite question so far. Yeah. No, 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 Agreed. no. It, because it's a, it's a really good, it's a really, really, really good question. So yeah. just recently in the last two years, right, um, BJCP and the BA, BA have now recognised, is it both of them? Mm-hmm. Have now, I don't think it is. BJCP, no, BAS. BAS, which is the... <laughs> American, yeah, Brewers Association of America, yep. and 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 it's it's the Australians that have lobbied for it. So now there is an actual classification, and there is a category for XPA. No, 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 for Australian traditional pale ale. Oh right, yeah, and Australian New World pale ale. Yeah, and that's where we sit as an Australian New World pale ale. That's what we've won our awards for under that, and um, and I think that's um, I think. That is also the world. The rest of the world waking up going to hang about. What the fuck are these Aussies doing down here? Yeah. And we're like, boom. But I think the, the, <laughs> that's, um, the, that's the BA that added those? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're like much less, you know, yeah, they change their categories yearly. They're much less conservative than the BJCP. Absolutely. The BJCP, you have to like establish a style over years and years. Yeah. Prove that BJCP it's lasting. is like the socks and sandals. The BA is like, like no, like, the BA is like, oh, for the Great American Beer Awards, can we add a few more categories? Yeah, like, but the other yeah. part of that as well, Chris, is the is the IBA, I don't mean the the Brewers that. Association used the uh, the BA guidelines for their awards, and yeah, so yeah. that was a yeah. big part. I of am the not shitting. Well. I'm not making any like comment on whether these are real. <laughs> oh, no, I'm no, just no, saying no, like yeah. those guys react that's, quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. It's that, do you think that's yeah. a good thing though, or not? Or do you prefer the more conservative? Wait and see how a style plays out before it gets. Well, out I think there's a place for both. It's actually cool to see them play off each other a little bit. It's nice having both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you argue that I almost got like? Would you, would you say that uh, like Stonewood Pacific Ale would be one of the one of the first, or was there stuff before that? I tell you what, that always came in under yeah. British Summer Ale. Yeah, yeah it still oh, does. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Still does come in under British Summer Ale. U.S. Um, wheat beer. No. 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 British Summer no. Ale. British, it always yeah. has. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. judge it, it year in, yeah, yeah, year yeah. out. That's where it won the um, British Summer Ale. World Cup and, gold. And Which it's is also so not a British Summer no, Ale. It's, it's a really bloody isn't. Aussie classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it, it's about time us Aussies started to be recognised yeah. for the beers that we're brewing here and the styles that we're brewing here because we don't want to go – like my Red Ale, for instance. You talk about Red Ale, everyone goes – it's English or it's American. No, it's a bloody Aussie red ale. <laughs> yeah. Okay? It's low on malt. It's, it's really nice hop flavour, hop aroma. It's smashable. So that's why I call it a session red ale. It's a damn good beer. But when I look at it and I try and put it into a category and pigeonhole it, I'm like, I'm so, fucked if I do it. I'm fucked if I don't. Yeah. I, Seriously, I, I don't. And then and then I get comments back from the judges and I'd never, you never judge your own beers. Too malty, not malty enough. Too mal- And it's like... Yeah. Sometimes I'm better off actually going, don't even enter it because it's just going to bring your scores down overall. Yep. I think um, right now the Australian brewers are making their own flavours and hopefully that more of them are recognised because I think there is fast becoming a distinguished Australian take on flavourful beer, on good beer. And as Sam says, often that's because it's slightly more smashable. <laughs> all right guys, all right, guys. Um, we've got to give the round up but um before we finish up can i just say uh, a quick thank you for all of our guests 
Great hand of, round of applause, please. Yeah, what a great panel. Yeah. Great panel. Um, I think we literally could have gone on for another hour. Yeah, could have done it and, all night. Um, a quick hand for uh, Mick and everyone here at the Royal Abbott for hosting us for tonight. Thank you, well. Mick. Yeah. Um, he'll hate this, so a round of applause for Lee for doing all the... Yeah! Yay! Everyone shake his hand! Everyone shake his hand! Yeah, give him all the hugs. Yeah. <laughs> thanks as well to... Uh, Thanks as well to Dave's Travel and Events Group as well for keeping us going. Yeah, thank you. And most of all, thank you to all of you for coming down and seeing us on a very crowded, very busy, excellent Sydney Beer Week. So thanks for taking time out to come down here and, uh, and support us. Yay! And um, I've got one more quick plug. Uh, the Sydney Beer Awards run by Sydney Beer Week uh, voting closes tomorrow. Um, and we're running a small campaign uh, to get Lee appointed Sydney Beer Week ambassador. So if you could all vote for him. Oh, Mr. Craft Beer. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy Beer Week. Yeah, we skipped that bit. Oh. It was, uh, sorry, yeah, that was uh, Feral Tropical Hog you were drinking, yes. We got co- so caught up in all the conversation we forgot to tell you what you were drinking. How's that one? <laughs>